right. It's good to be here. Good to see everyone out. I know we got some folks still traveling, some folks out sick. Just remember all those. Bring them back safe. Anybody with a special song this morning? Everybody that laughed. Now you got to come up and sing a special song. We wouldn't get out of here. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I apologize for my Sunday school class. We've already been through this a little bit, so this, you guys will get this twice today. How's that sound? So last week we talked about Jesus as our hero. And we talked about many other different heroes that you know. Desmond Doss, what was the movie? Axel Ridge. There we go. You guys are paying attention. Um, saved, I think it was like 75 people, including his, his commanding officer. Uh, everybody mistreated him, made fun of him, and he, he still did what God you know, would have him to do and save people. And there's so many other things out there. We talked about 9-11 a little bit. And as, as I was prepping for this message, all those things just kind of came back into my head as you know, talking about heroes. And there's so many stories of people putting themselves in, in harm's way to go out and, and help people. And the question I kept thinking about is, why? Why would someone that doesn't even know me to help me or anyone else for that matter why why would they do that so well you guys will be familiar with this the parable of the good samaritan i'm sure everybody's familiar with it um, but it's just good to be reminded of sometimes who our neighbors really are and, and who we should be looking out for who we can help um, so a couple of things just to keep in mind as we go through this is who would you consider to be your neighbor or not be your neighbor those are good questions Who can I be a neighbor to? Is your understanding of loving your neighbor as yourself accurate according to Jesus' teaching here? So we'll read a few few verses here and then we'll follow the Lord for a little bit. Starting at the 25th verse. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. This is talking about Jesus. Saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. And when he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, You go and do likewise. And we'll stop right there. So this lawyer here, 
was an expert in the Mosaic law. So it's, it's interesting to me that you know, he, he stands up to test Jesus, and Jesus flips it back. He says, well, what does the law say? How do you interpret it? And I, I, I feel like he gets the canned response. I don't know if it was a canned response at the time or not, but it sure sounds like it. Oh, love God with your heart, mind, soul, body, blah, 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 and then love your neighbors yourself. Does anybody else think that was kind of a canned response back then? I kind of felt like it could have been. But he said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. I I was kind of thinking through that. It's like, as soon as he said that, Jesus is like, yep, ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. You're right. Now go do it. Go live. So then he asks to justify himself. And who is my neighbor? Now, I think it's very interesting that he skipped over the part about loving God and everything. Don't you? It's interesting that he jumps to just the neighbor piece. It's almost like, eh, I'm good in that section. What about my neighbor? It's interesting to me. But you know, I think what it was, thinking about that time that we, we talked about them in Sunday school, they were check boxes. I prayed today, I did this today, I did this, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't, I'm good with God. Right? We can get in that sometimes. We can get in that sometimes. But he said, who is my neighbor? And it was almost like, it depended on what Jesus' answer was, so whether he was good enough or not in that, that category. And you know, I was thought, just thinking and praying and about all this, and it's like it just clicked. He was looking for another rule. He was looking for another checkbox. Wouldn't it have been easy if Jesus would have said, just go love the rest of the Jews? He'd be like, perfect, I'm good. Or go love people in your family, or go love your friends. Perfect, I'm good. Wouldn't he? anybody have that? I love all them. That's perfect. Check. I'm good. Can't you kind of see this playing out? He wanted wanted something that was easy. He wanted another rule. Someone I know. Someone I trust. Someone that's familiar. Someone like us. Don't we do that? We just want to help people look like us. That's our neighbors. They look like us. They dress like us. That's kind of what he was doing here. And Jesus' response was not what he was expecting at all. And Jesus liked to do that. He tells the story as we all know it there. Man was going down to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now this, this path was pretty treacherous from what I can read and understand. What, was it 17 miles? That sounds, sounds right. Was it 3,000 drop or something like that? I, I'm not giving the detail here. But I kind of picture it as people hiding between rocks 
And when people were by themselves, they would jump out and rob them and beat them and all that. Like I told the Sunday school class, it made me think about, is it Kentucky you're driving through and there's rocks on the side and highway patrolmen are sneaking there trying to pull you over? I can't remember if it's Kentucky or what. It made me think of that for some strange reason. <laughs> but Jesus gives him three examples of individuals who pass by here. First one was a priest. It says he passed by on the other side. Second one was a Levite. He did the same thing. He saw him and went out of his way and went on the other side. Have any of you done that? I help people just in general. I've done it. See people walking down the street like, yep, I'm going this way. Anybody else done that? Come on. Usually, if I was walking a dog or something, I'd see somebody go the other way. But you see these two people, the priest and the Levite, wouldn't you think that they would be the ones who you would expect to go help someone? Then I'm trying to think, well, what was, what was this lawyer, and I'm sure there was a crowd around, what were they thinking when, when Jesus used these two examples and said they passed by the other side? At first, they're probably like, oh man, that's not good. But then like us, they had every excuse in the world. Well, maybe if he was dead, they would be unclean. Or maybe they were going to work. Maybe they were too busy. Maybe they didn't have the resources. What were some of the other excuses we used in Sunday school class? You guys can talk. Someone else is going to go do it. Or maybe they're waiting to do me next. They were scared. All those excuses. We're good at excuses, aren't we? To, to kind of put this into perspective as I was thinking about this, I use me and Brent as an example. As a pastor and a deacon, kind of like a priest and a Levite. I know it's probably a horrible example, but that's all I can think of. So we walked by and didn't do anything, and then some outsider came by and helped. Does that make sense? All right. So then he gets to the Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Why would Jesus use the Samaritan as an example? That he helped him. The Jews hated him. They called him dogs, half-breeds. There's a ton of history you can go look up. And I think it was vice versa. I think they hated each other. So the fact that he was using the Samaritan as the hero probably didn't go so well. Probably didn't go so well. Can't you imagine the attention that he got from the crowd as soon as he said Samaritan? So the guys that you would think that would be obliged to go do it didn't do it, and some dog Samaritan went and helped. I'm sure it got their attention. But it was unexpected. But he had compassion. He had compassion where the others didn't. And they should have been the ones that had compassion. Said so he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he sat him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever you spend, I will pay you when I come back. He went above and beyond. Here, two days' wages. Take care of them. 
I'll be back. If you, if you need more, I'll pay you when I get back. But he had compassion. He bandaged him up. He even put him on his own donkey and, and took him back to the inn. Which meant he walked the rest of the way. Why do you think he did that? Why do you think that Samaritan did that? I just think he had a general love for people. And that's what we as Christians should have. A general love for people. And that's not normal. The only way through that is through a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way. It's not normal. And then Jesus says to him, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell on the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy. He couldn't even get it in himself to say the Samaritan. That's how bad it was. And sadly, we do the same kind of stuff. We do the same kind of stuff. But Jesus said, go and do likewise. Like I said, we're real good when it comes to family and friends or people we know, aren't we? I guarantee you, if anyone in this church needed help, every single one of us would be there to help, wouldn't we? But if someone that wasn't like us, someone that we didn't know, someone that didn't agree with our political affiliations, someone that's not the same color, are you going to be as willing to go and help? Are you going to be as willing to go and give your time and resources and effort? That's what God's telling us. That's exactly what we as Christians should be doing. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. But we're good with people with the same race and religion and all that good stuff. I don't want to help them. I'm afraid of them. They're different. Or they're rich. Or they're poor. Or they're this. Or they're that. All those excuses that we get into. They don't believe the same as us. I'm not going to help him. He's an atheist. Let God work that out. That's what we talked about this morning in Sunday school class. It's all about us taking that love that God put inside us and taking it out into the communities around us and helping people. Now what that looks like, who knows? Who knows? It could be going and cutting someone's grass. It could be loaning someone five bucks. It could be doing this, whatever. But that's what God wants us to do. Loving your neighbor involves showing care and compassion. Even to those that we wouldn't usually have a relationship with. And Jesus even takes it further, if you think about it. The Beatitudes and I think the Sermon on the Mount. What's he say? Love your enemies even. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who are bad to you. Doesn't he say that? He takes it to another level. And it changes everything. You know, thinking through those heroes again. Just put this into perspective. That movie, Dozen of Dogs, right? He's out helping people. Has anybody seen the movie? Okay, so he's going around trying to find people that are alive to save them, right? So imagine if he went around and he said, well, 
You don't believe the same way. I'm sorry. You're not the same color. I'm sorry. I am sorry. That's what we do. We see people that are different. We don't help them. But what does God do? Jesus' blood on the cross breaks all those boundaries. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ no matter what color you are. All that stuff's washed away. Right? Are you a part of the church? Are you not? Doesn't matter if you're, we're all white here. I get that. We need some color in here. But we need to go out those doors and show the love of Christ to everyone, no matter what they are. That's not easy. Because we immediately, the sinful nature takes over sometimes. You see that person like, you talking to them. You see that atheist like, they're crazy, they're talking to them. Show the love of Christ regardless. That's what it is. I gotta hop back up here. <laughs> Me and David got something in common. My knee's bad too. I asked the question. As a child of God, who is your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Everyone. Everyone. I think I said something a few weeks ago. And I don't remember the quote because I can't remember anything. They basically said, everyone you see, Jesus died for. Didn't it? That's so true. And if we have any uh, people watchers in here? I love people watching. I just do. Airports, I love people watching. Well, yesterday, I dropped a man off at Kroger. She ran to get a few things. And you know, all this has been going through my heart and mind for the last little bit. And I just sat there and I watched people come in, go out, and all that good stuff. All kinds of different people, all kinds of shapes, colors, everything you can imagine. And I sat there. And I said, Christ died for them. Every single one of them. And you know what it did? It changed the perspective of everything. It changed the perspective of everything. But this is the truth. Christ died for the whole world. And the world wants to tell us to be divided by whatever. Again, race, religion, political crap. Christ died for us all. Didn't he? Christ died for us all. So who is your neighbor? As a child of God. Everyone you come in contact with. Who's not your neighbor? None. Everyone's your neighbor. His love changes hearts. His love changes minds. His love changes everything. It's changed me inside out. You might not be able to see it. But his love has made me a completely different person. And that's only through the blood of Christ. Only through the blood of Christ. His love. Like I said, it's good to be reminded of this stuff. Because sometimes even as a church, as a church member, as a child of God, we can mess it up. 
Can't we? We're going to mess it up. But Jesus died for all of them. Just sit there and watch the news and you'll see all the divide. That's why I can't stand Facebook and all that anymore. That's all it is, is divide. According to this right here, we need to go out and love everyone. We need to take that love of Christ and show it to everyone somehow. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to go give somebody $300. Does loving somebody just mean that you've got to go do something for them? Why can't you just love them? But see, we get this trip on. Well, my Michelle said in Sunday school class. They're smoking, so they really don't need my help. Or they do this, they don't really need my help. Don't we? We put those limitations on things. They may not need your help. They may be just tricking us. Still show, show the love of Christ to any of them. That's the key. I mean, you got to be smart. Right? you got to be smart. But show the love of Christ. Are you really loving God with everything? Or are you just checkboxing? I prayed today. I read today. I did this today. I did that today. There's a lot more than loving God than just doing those things. He knows your heart. He knows your motives. That's why I can't do that read the Bible in a year thing. Because it makes me feel awful. Like I'm just doing it to read it. Instead of diving into His Word. Does anybody struggle with that? Are you loving your neighbor as yourself? You think about those experiences. The prejudices. Every one of us have them. Only through the blood of Christ. Does it fix all that? Does it take a lot of that away? Are you being a neighbor to everyone? Is your understanding of His Scripture, His Word, about talking about loving Him and loving His neighbors, is it where it's supposed to be? Is it where it's supposed to be? Just want to start playing some music. You guys just mind if we just come up here and pray together?